Radio TFS, episode 103. This is Greg Duncan. And this is Martin Woodward. Hey, Martin. How you doing, sir? It's good to be back. <laughs> I'm doing great. And this time we're actually recording it. Indeed. We only did, you know, the first five minutes of the show without me recording it. So Hey, well, we've had was... whole shows that we haven't recorded before, so <laughs> it's not the end of the Last show of the so year, is... a special show. Yep, last show of the year. Um, we've got an interview set up, a great interview. Uh, we were uh, talking about that last show. Um, so I, I'm great, but before that, let's do the news. Yeah. Uh, before that, uh, we were talking about the Woodward household at Christmas. That's yeah. So I was just saying. I mean, the uh, Christmas is a big thing over here. So because we don't, you know, we don't get Thanksgiving. We're kind of a bit grumpy about Thanksgiving. We're hoping you'll sort of, you know, come around and come back to us at some point. But uh, um, yeah, it depends who gets elected, elected your next president. You might all be coming over here. So that's brilliant. <laughs> but um, so yeah, we're busy, um, you know, getting ready for that. It's, I'm taking the whole two weeks off. So from Friday onwards, I'll be taking off work for until until 2016, and then um, just hanging out with the family, really, hacking on some projects. I got my family coming over from England, so that'd be quite nice. <laughs> and then I do all the cu- cooking Christmas Day, so uh, we have everybody round and I cook everything. Because if I cook it, I get to eat what I like, so it's awesome. Nice. Now, and of course, actually, the big news is is what are your Star Wars plans? I'm seeing it tomorrow night. I couldn't see it tonight because I had I had an important podcast to record, so I'm having to wait <laughs> 24 hours before I can see it. I hope I hope everybody appreciates the dedication. I'm having, <laughs> I'm having cold sweats. If anyone hasn't seen me on Twitter or Facebook today, this is why I'm avoiding everything. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to seeing that. I've got tickets. Uh, you know, again, the whole family are over anyway for Christmas, so we're mm-hmm. going. We're all going together to the cinema and you know booked a whole like chunk of seats at the cinema. So it should be really good. Nice. Yeah, my work actually surprised me that we've rented out tomorrow night as well an entire theater. Just wow. for people at work, and I'm getting uh, tickets and a plus one uh, for free. Wow. And it includes soda and, and some popcorn. So we're doing that tomorrow night, taking the kid. That is awesome. And, yeah, it is. And, and it actually kind of breaks my record. I, I, I'm not the most social of individuals. So I, you know, I usually don't do holiday parties or anything else. And I haven't done anything social at work. But as soon as this came about, it's like, oh. I have to do that. Yeah, definitely. That's just an opportunity you can't let go by. So now I've broken my streak, and that means I might have to do other social things with people. Uh Uh-oh. Sacrifices we make for our professions, huh? Indeed, indeed. (laughs) Are you you having the family over, though, and stuff? Is that how you do it? Uh, Not really. We're not – you know, Jacob's old now. He's he's 21, almost 22. Um, My daughter, granddaughter, son-in-law are down in San Diego, and they're doing stuff. I think – they are going to like Acapulco or something. Wow. Uh, yeah, it must be nice, huh? Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so we're just doing a low-key kind of Christmas. I got all of – we have to do wrapping. That's, that's the big thing. I, I, here in my office, I'm looking at my pile of Amazon boxes and just dreading the fact that I have to wrap these. Mm. I'm kind of running out of time. <laughs> <laughs> Be all right. Just slam them together. It'll be fine. <laughs> anyway, we've got some good news to come up, coming up this week. It's been busy. Yeah. And, and, and the biggest thing, was very ironic, was that you know, last show we talked about Build 2016, and I was whining about the, you know, it wasn't announced and blah, blah, blah. And like, what was it? The day after, they announced the build dates. So we have dates for Build 2016 at the Moscone Center, March 30th through the 1st. 
so that's awesome. That but is I, awesome. Uh, What's not so awesome I'm, is I'm afraid I won't be there this year. It's my uh, I'm I'm taking that I'm I'm taking more vacation. That's the Easter week, and uh, I'm taking my family away to New York for the week because it's my it's my and my wife's 40th birthday. So we're gonna we're gonna head away. But yeah, should be good. Yep. Uh, what they didn't announce though is when the signups are. Ah. When you actually register for it. So that's. Hey, well, at least they've given you the dates. That's probably the earliest for a long time they've, they've announced the dates in advance, isn't it? I don't know. I, I seem to remember they announced it and then registration opens like in January. Okay. But that was for when it was you know later in the year. So I, I don't know. Anyway, we've got build dates. That, yeah. That's the important thing. So that's good. Any, any crazy predictions <laughs> for build? I so suck at making predictions. It's not even funny. So... Um, <laughs> Are we finally no. going? Are you finally going to get your Hololens? Is that what you reckon, Greg? <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking not, having seen the prices of them. But yeah, yeah, no, no. You know, maybe we'll have access to buy the developer kit at a discount. Uh, but uh, no, I, I don't know what they're going to talk about this year. Build. We'll, we'll make predictions earlier or, or uh, later in the year. Okay. Early next. Sounds good. Uh, hey, so we've also, I mean, the the VSTS team have uh, haven't been sleeping either. They've been uh, carrying on shipping things so much for. We don't seem to get Christmas freezes anymore. Do you remember when that? I don't know. <laughs> is that a thing at your work? I remember that used to be. This, when I worked at British Airways, we used to just basically lock down the systems. You know, middle of December onwards. So, but a VSTS team have been busy and. Um, Finally, da, 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 da. <laughs> work item customization is there now. You can add fields and rearrange the layouts and do some stuff with, you know, like process inheritance, process security and stuff. And um, they've also added, um, you know, in um, in pull requests and things you, and, and in commits, you could use like the, the pound syntax um and uh to sort of um mention a work item um so you could you can do that now within the discussion of the work item itself so you can easily you know attack link work items together but you can also mention people by doing the at and then you know like people name and stuff so that's pretty cool it's a lot more fluid discussions and things so that's pretty awesome Yep, and we got work item deletes now too. Yeah, I know. A feature, may I add, that has been in Team Explorer everywhere since like 20, <laughs> 2008 or nine ish, something like that. Because I I added it, but hey, yeah, no, we've actually got we've actually got a delete, and there's a recycle bin. You can undelete stuff. Isn't that crazy? That's awesome. They're like, That's awesome. you know, they can't just deliver a feature. They have to jump up and excel. So these guys <laughs> really like. I, I would, I should, I should know that they should. They must have really knocked off some of the user voice points. You know what I mean? They must have done a lot of votes recently. And then they've done some stuff uh, in the dashboards, you know, for editing of dashboards. And then finally, they've, um, they've, they've been, you know, they've been doing a lot of work on keyboard shortcuts and things inside the web. And they've added a bunch more t- keyboard shortcuts into the, the test plan. So, um, yeah, I think that was probably the most, the major things that I, I saw. There was some stuff they improved. Have you, are you playing with VSTS much yet? Because they did some stuff around code search the code search is pretty cool but um <laughs> yeah if it keep you know lots of iterative improvements to that too so it's all looking good yeah absolutely and um one of the things that's been going on you know how we've been as i say we don't take a don't sleep over christmas or whatever don't freeze for christmas <laughs> um sam guckenheimer did a, a cool um presentation about you know the way that we transformed into a devops kind of workflow um and chuck posted it on the visual studio alm blog so it's a good video you could watch and, and kind of see the journey that, we, that we've been on 
over the past few years um, as we get used to, you know, going from a box product into a, an always-on, continuously available service. Remember when we used to do upgrades and there would be downtime for like, you know, 12 hours while we did an upgrade. <laughs> now it's just all all continuous, multi-data center, multiple service thing. It's pretty crazy when you, when you see how far we've come. Mm-hmm. All right. So what else do we have? Okay. One other item. Oh, yeah. Coolest news of last week. Uh, all you listeners know I've been whining about Windows Live Writer and, and, and being very adamant that it had to be supported or it had to be updated or had to be left free, that it couldn't continue to be abandoned where. Uh, last week, with help from the .NET Foundation and Mr. Woodward, we now have Open Live Writer, mm-hmm. an open source fork uh, of Windows Live Writer. And that is awesome. And have you it's... have you given it a go? Have you installed it? Oh yeah. <laughs> have you been through the extremely complex and pain painful install process? Oh no, that was Windows Live Writer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no lie. No, I, I do have a, I do have a question on that one. Uh, Squirrel is yeah. being used. Yeah, yeah. Um, VS Paul Code. Paul Betts is awesome. Can I just say? Anyway, Paul Betts uh, has so many awesome projects that he's done. But yeah, Squirrel. Uh, uh, VS Code was using Squirrel originally, and then they had to move off of that. Yeah, I noticed it wasn't using Squirrel anymore. I haven't checked. Yeah, they, they actually had a blog post as, as to why <laughs> it was uh, because um, I, I believe part of the issue was uh, the installation locations. You couldn't like customize where the app was installed. I think that was one of the reasons. But uh, right, yeah. So I just that, that, that struck me as interesting. And, and yeah, have I have I installed it? Yeah. Have have I installed last night's release? Yeah, sure did. The last night's release got blogger support and good working blogger support uh, using the new V3. Um, OAuth authentication that that Google has been forcing on everybody, and uh, I, I got the code. I, I forked it, you know, so started playing there. Mm-hmm. I, I got a local um, clone of of the the main project. I've been doing fetches and keeping my code up to date. I've been walking through, found found some bugs, and and you know, <gasps> posted on some issues about where those were. There's a like yeah. a feature flag, one of the XML things, and just you know, I blogged about it on coding for fun for on monday sure did. uh that i mean it's just awesome and seeing the, the work that people are already doing what i think uh like an hour ago there was already 73 commits um so we've got two versions uh, a bunch of issues which means there's a lot of people looking at it and using it so yeah, if you're a blog- 10,000 downloads in the first 24 hours it was nuts <laughs> I was like, oh, this is going to be a bit of a thing then. And one of the one of the interesting things is because, um, uh, you know, I do mostly dev open source, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a certain bar between developers when they're, when they're contributing. So, um, But with LiveWriter, I hadn't really realized the breadth of people that use LiveWriter. Like I got contacted by a, a friend of mine who's now a travel photo- professional travel photographer and stuff, you know, and because he, he, he uses LiveWriter. I'm like, wow. <laughs> I had no idea. And there's, there's a load of people like that. So it's interesting to see the kind of – um, you know, we're educating these people about open source as well. So, uh, yeah, it's brilliant. It's it's a really good project. It's a really cool project to be involved in. We're on 86 commits now, by the way. So, yeah. so a question for you, though. Mm-hmm. When, when you and I talked about open sourcing Windows Live Rider, one of the concerns you originally had was the ribbon. Yeah, yep. Um, how did that get 
got, work do you got rewritten um to use the the ribbon controls built into windows okay um so yep so it's using it's using the one that's in the platform and that's fine and then uh, what else we'd have to do i obviously had to rewrite the installer so that's been done now mm-hmm. um there was a bunch of work you know like just pulling you know you know how you downloaded the source code and went to visual studio and press f5 like, right that was a ton of work because I, I can't imagine how much work and how many iterations it, 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 to make that so seamless. And I know, and I know that shouldn't, and I know that shouldn't be a lot of work. You know what I mean? That's always, but there's so many. Like until recently, that's not how Microsoft built software. You know? uh-huh. And so, you know, I mean, we're getting better at it. And like, there's there's parts of Windows now that are just you know Visual Studio solutions on their own, as you know, because they're all apps like the Start menu. Every you know, there's loads of things that it's just standalone app now because we've done we're doing a lot of work modernizing our engineering systems but back in the day it was all you know internal proprietary like build tools internal proprietary version control systems you know every internal proprietary localization tooling and test tooling and all this sort of stuff so we had to kind of rip all that out and put it back together again you know with a with a solution that could actually build so yeah that's been done now and that that was a that was a huge amount of work that um will duft did and things and so no that's been pretty good and then um since we we shipped now we uh, the google team were awesome and kept the um the blogger authentication stuff alive for a long time uh, because mm-hmm. live writer was using it and you know a lot of their customers were using live writer and so they they kept that open um but you know that was that they had a deadline when they wanted to switch it off and that was one of the one of the deadlines that we were you know tracking to try and get this open source kind of thing and then we got it open source just before the deadline and then obviously the deadline ticked over and google's api switched off and we're like, oh no so then we've been rushing <laughs> scrambling to get um get the new authentication stuff and what we didn't realize it's kind of i mean it's our fault really i guess we, when they said they're switching the api off we kind of thought it was the authentication mechanism that was switching off so we're like, oh, okay mm-hmm. and we'll get it off to work it um but once we did that we realized oh no it's the entire api they've disabled the v1 api so we had to completely oh. we've had to completely rewrite blogger in oh yeah i was wondering why because the labels and everything because that's in the one that's available now Mm. that you can download uh there's no labels or tag or tag support i was like wondering why yeah yeah it's because the api wasn't wet there the api is complete rewrite for blogger okay so and yeah no will duff did that he like cranked it out he did amazing and then um so i just fixed the tagging so labels i just did that today and Uh, i just got that source and i'm not sure how it's supposed to work anyway neither neither here nor there Yep. I will look at that. Yeah, it should be. Uh, well, you might not that there. It's not all. Uh, no, it is there. It's in the latest. So, yeah, so that we've been busy. And then, but the thing that's great to me is, you know, you just get to. So, A, it's actually quite, you know, it's quite hard just open sourcing something. It made sense mm-hmm. to open source this one because. You know, there's a passionate community behind it. There's an absolutely no commercial sense in LiveWriter, you know, because it's right. a it's a totally niche market that's a declining niche market, if you like. Um, and, you know, uh, so it's totally doesn't make sense for the Windows team to support it anymore, but it was a good thing to open source. And um, right. especially with, like, the active developer community behind it, so it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so, uh, you know, no, it doesn't make sense to open source something like Microsoft Bob or Windows Movie Maker <laughs> or, you know, any of those very very end user tools but an end user tool like live writer that has a 
passionate de- community behind it already and a passionate developer community behind it already, which LiveWriter did, then I think it makes a ton of sense. And um, yeah, it's been it's been great working with the team for the past week or so. Well, I've been working with them for a while, but you know, actually doing coding with them as well, it's it's good fun. Right. I've been having I've been having the time of my life. Yeah, well, you know, as a blogger, I, I just have to say thank you. Yeah, just thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Go thank Scott and Scott Hanselman and Will Duff and you know, Rob and a bunch of other people. I was just uh, I just helped push it out of the door. Yeah, those guys just were the ones that drove it forwards and it wouldn't happen without them. So, yep, all good. Anyway. Cool. So now we get to the, the best part of the show. Definitely. Uh, today we have Esteban Garcia joining us. Um, Esteban is the founder and chief technologist at Nebia. Neba, Esteban, how do you pronounce? Nebia. Nebia. Yeah. At Nebia Technology, he has a passion for ALM, TFS, Azure, Scrum, and software development best practices. He's a Microsoft Visual Studio ALM MVP, MVP Ranger, Pluralsight author, and the president of the Orlando.net user group. Esteban has over 15 years of professional experience in software development, working in all phases of distributed object-oriented enterprise application development and design using Microsoft technologies. Esteban also has a degree in computer engineering from the University of Central Florida. You can find him at his blog, and we'll have these links in the show notes, at www.almguide.com, and of course on Twitter at Esteban F. Garcia. So Esteban, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I'm uh, really excited to be here. I'm just a huge fan of this show and uh, was very honored to be invited. So yeah, really looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, so 15 years. What what have what what have the kind of things have have you done? Oh wow, I've I've done it all. So when I first uh, graduated from college, right around uh, ninety nine, when the dot net boom thing was happening and then crashing, uh, my first job was uh, as a, a QA person for a really really uh-huh. big company. Uh, and my first assignment was to do uh, mainframe testing, and that that was fun. Uh, I've uh, after about six months of of that, I was uh, able to claw my way out of the, the department into doing some uh, software development, uh, web development, doing uh, ASP, classic ASP, uh, mm-hmm. then moved on to uh, .NET. Right, right when .NET uh, 1.0 beta came out, I uh, was able to uh, jump onto a company as, a, uh, I guess, a junior slash mid-level developer. I stayed there for, for about five years, and I did you know, some utility work, some uh, uh, ASP.NET, uh, and then um, I moved up in a company to, uh, I did, um, I was a development manager. I was uh, the senior architect at the company. Uh, then I moved on to some uh, startup work. And then I've uh, decided doing consulting since around 2008. I've been a release manager. I've been ALM consultant, software developer. Uh, lately, a lot of cloud development. Um, and in, since about a year and a few months ago, I started my own consulting firm. So now I do HR and accounting and sales and marketing and everything else. So <laughs> a bit of everything. I really have, uh, I've worn pretty much every hat out there. Uh, so um, most of the time, which, which, you know, whenever, whenever I'm having conversations with my clients, it helps because I can literally put my, um, you know, put myself in their position when, when I'm talking, whether I'm talking to an architect or a tester or a developer. So, so it really has been a very, um, very uh, broad uh, experience, I guess. So why, why do you start up your own company? Why did I start my own company? That's a great question. So um, I've always had a um, very entrepreneurial spirit, right? So this is my second uh, second time around st- starting a company. I had a company with a couple of partners from 2008 through 2011. And I really love the fact that, um, you know, just, just putting all, all that pressure on you to say, okay, we're going to do this and we're going to succeed by, do, by, by doing it. And, and, you know, not not having... 
really anyone to to blame by yourself for for, for either your successes or your fails or failures. Uh, I really I don't know that I really get fueled by by that. Uh, being able to ver- be very very nimble and and answer, uh, and respond to whether client needs or just the the the, the the technology landscape very quickly uh, is, is something that really excites me. So I don't know. It's just one of those things where um, I was working for someone and then uh, decided, you know what, I, I want to go out and, and try this thing uh, again and and uh, and be excited about you know just 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 having a, a, an uncertain future. So <laughs> I guess that's why. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I it, I find people like you uh, very inspiring and very brave. I I don't know if I have the strength to do that just the fear and uncertainty and doubt that you know being your own boss in that respect uh you know i've been wage slave for so long just i I envy you and pity you (laughs) (laughs) yeah and 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 there's um you know there's there's great things about both sides right i I mean i certainly i've I've been you know an employee for for many years and i've also been on the on the other side as a a either running a company or having partners and uh there's good on both sides it's just depending what what is the thing that's going to fuel you uh definitely you shouldn't be doing this just because you're going to be become some person with lots and lots of money i mean yeah that happens but uh that that really shouldn't be the driver because there's going to be so many things along the way and and and, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's something that you really have to be passionate about. Speaking of passion, what gets you up in the morning? What is that thing that you just jump out of bed and say, thank God it's a new day because I can do <laughs> Well, X. from the personal side, uh, you know, family is very important to me. Literally, my kids wake me up in the morning. They'll come and jump on the bed at six in the morning and <laughs> even on Sundays, right? So that's, uh, that one's always fun. But, but uh, you know, from the technology side, uh, just learning something new. I mean, we li- live in such an exciting field, you know, there's, mm-hmm. and we're in a very, very exciting times, especially, you know, being in, in you know, in, in, the, in the part of the Microsoft ecosystem and seeing everything changing and going, doing all these cross-platform things and being open to all these other technologies uh there's just always something new i uh, you know knowing that i'm not going to have a boring moment uh in my career makes me makes me very very happy and knowing that i can again provide for my family and make sure that we are um uh just make sure that everyone's fine from that perspective that that's really what what it's all about for me at the end of the day Mm -hmm. Uh, how many kids i have two kids i have a boy and a girl yeah so uh they're 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 both a 10 year old and a four year old so very different ages but uh yeah (laughs) lots of fun um um god i hate when i say that um you know <laughs> I, I was i was yelling at somebody on the tv the other night you know they're talking ahead and they stop saying um and then of course i say um a lot uh so you're saying you're doing a lot of cloud development now you know what i look at myself and right now i say i'm a desktop dev because that's pretty much what i do majority of the day you know i'm writing windows desktop apps if if you had to categorize yourself what kind of a dev would you say you are so most of the applications that we build are web applications uh i'm mostly focused on the back end right so the back end that's going to be able to to support those applications uh, obviously with with building the the apis you're able to support any anything whether it's a uh, mobile or, or windows or, or web but it just just being that most of my clients have come from the from the web side of things um uh, always net it's been a, a net for 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 a long long time but now as, as we start moving to the cloud you start even thinking about about, you know, now you have all these different options to you. But but to the to the core, I'm a, I'm a .NET developer. That's how that's how I I introduce myself um, to mm-hmm. to my developer friends. But uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's it just seems like a, more and more going on to the to the cloud and looking at all the things is, is really what's taking over my my life. 
Nice. So speaking of .NET, what's your feeling on .NET Core 5? I think it's uh, I think it's very exciting to be able to get .NET onto other platforms. Um, uh-huh. I think that it's uh, it's great that we're going that way. I'm I'm still trying to see whether we're going to see um, non .NET developers jumping onto that that platform. You know, if if I'm able to say, well, now you're able to do ASP.NET apps on a Mac, is that going to be uh-huh. compelling to them or not? Um, <laughs> hopefully, yeah. But uh, but but I think just just the openness that that has created. That, that's what really is exciting to me. Just the fact that people can go into the, the .NET framework and pull it down from GitHub and uh, do uh, pull requests. You know that 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 part is really just really cool for me. Um, yeah. You know, and then you know the, the reality is that there's developers in many other platforms that uh, ideally can jump on on this, and and so so, so that's pretty interesting. Right, right. Yeah, I I agree with you there. That I, I'm less excited about cross-platform. You know, it's like yeah, okay, that that, that that's nifty yeah. but the openness correct the, that it's truly open source and you can truly legally uh, uh clone it and fork it and tweak it and, and that is pretty exciting yeah i mean i, I work out of a, a co-working space uh lots of open source developers lots of macs in that place and i'm one of the, the i'm one of the five percent of people that don't have a mac there right so uh, so i'm 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 a i'm a windows um developer and i'm gonna have a, uh-huh. i'm gonna have a, a, a windows 8 windows 10 whatever on my on my laptop for for a long long time so you know being able to develop ASP.NET on another platform it's i think it's neat it's cool but not that doesn't speak to me just yet but but like i said uh, that openness is, is really really cool to see because that's you, i'm 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 sure that in the next year two years uh, you're going to start seeing you know all those uh, collaboration and and those uh, you know people coming in from other platforms just contributing to the framework is uh, you know it, it can only make it better right right and you know just it, it's not even necessarily open the cross-platform is just, yeah, like you said, the ideas, the concepts, the thoughts, the, the thinking process of, of those other contributors on other platforms and how it's you know, broadening .NET, not just bringing all those ideas together. You're right. That is exciting. Yes. So, ALM, this is Radio TFS. <laughs> Surprisingly enough, considering how much we talked about Open Live Writer, but um, <laughs> uh, how long have you been doing ALM stuff. So I've always been interested in just the software development process, right? I mean, I went to school for computer engineering on purpose, right? I mean, I liked that part, yes. you know, it wasn't like, oops, I sort of fell into that, right? <laughs> uh, so, you know, that's where I learned how to, you know, optimize processes and doing software that the quote unquote, the right way, you know, back then the right way was all these um, waterfall ways and you have to do all this, you know, the, the analysis and the development and the testing, but, but, you know, having a process for software development. So that, that's sort of where I started. That, that was before I knew it was called ALM, right? Um, right. And then, uh, you know, as I was working on different companies, I was always the guy who took care of uh, VSS best practices, if, if there were any, right, with VSS. Uh, and then as uh, TFS 2005 came out and I saw all these things that, that, that you could do with it and finally you were able to bring in all those, you know, version control and the work item tracking and and, and starting to put together a, a, a formalized process that could be tracked with a tool that really brought me a lot closer to it. So uh, I would say uh, I, I got much more in, into it, you know, back when TFS 2005 came out and, and um, then I 
started you know, just doing a lot of build automation and and process customization and 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 uh, you know branching strategies and things like that. And that ever since then I've been very uh, very close to it. Even when I was doing you know I was a software architect or the software developer or the or the dev manager, I was the guy that was driving the, those processes, driving those those tools. Uh, so you know I, I would say yeah, 2005 is really when I started diving into it, and uh, so I've been you know pretty close to it since then. Wow. Well, where in uh, TFS do you play most? Uh, lately, it's really that, that whole the, the whole DevOps movement, right? Doing build automation, deployments, uh, you know, spinning up spinning up environments, creating the different templates for those type of things. So I am a, a, a Scrum Scrum Master certified since 2005 or 2006. So I do I, am, I play in that space quite a bit as well. But I mostly focus on the on the developer side of things, right? So so agile software development practices and putting the tools. And processes together to let developers thrive, right? So that, that's really where, where I'm, I'm more on the ALM side. So mentioned that you were a Microsoft ALM MVP. How long have you been an MVP for? I became MVP on uh, July of 2012, so about three and a half years now. And what do you think? Oh, I love it. It's just uh, you know just having such a, a close access to to the product team and even the people across the world that are excited and passionate about ALM, about TFS, about uh, Scrum, uh, knowing that, you know, if I'm somewhere and I have a question or I'm stuck on something, I can uh, send an email and within minutes or, you know, at the, at the most hours, I can have five people telling me the, the right answer, right? So, that, so so it's great to be able to collaborate with, with such a smart group of people. Sometimes I just look around and it's like, wow, I, how, how did I even get here? I mean, just, <laughs> and, <laughs> But yeah, it, it's great. I mean, we have a very, very in the ALM space. In, in, in the Visual Studio ALM MVPs is a very, uh, very active and um, collaborative group of people. So, so in that sense, it's great. Yeah, that that is, I think, what amazes me the most. I just did not realize uh, how active the group was until I became one and was on the champs mailing list. Um, and and just you know, seeing you know people like Brian Harry just you know constantly reading and replying and you know hooking people up and getting answers and then everybody else uh, uh, commenting on you know suggestions and it is just very amazing yeah that, that one amazes me just just this past weekend on sunday I sent an email i don't know maybe at noon just expecting to get something back on monday sometimes and within a couple of hours brian harry replied to my email saying yeah this is what the, the you know the answer is right so it's like wow that's right. that's just you know crazy for me <laughs> So, you know, for others, uh, our listeners who want to be an MVP, what would ha- what would you suggest? Do you have any advice to prospective MVPs? Yeah, so there's not a specific prescription on how to become an MVP. That, that's, that's the biggest thing. So don't go out and say, hey, I'd like to become an MVP by January of next year. You know, just... <laughs> You know, show your passion. Uh, you know, the rest really, really, will really fall in, into place. You know, uh, if you like to speak, go and speak. If you like to write blog posts, go and write blog posts. Now with the new uh, Open Live Writer, right? Or, <laughs> or if you, uh, you know, if you like to just contribute to the Dev community doing open source tools, or if you would like to create, you know, free uh, tools to be able to do something ALM, just do those things, and just everything's gonna fall into place. You know, if you go out and say, well. I, I want to do these eight things so I can become an MVP. Most likely, you become frustrated and and then uh, you know burned out, right? So make sure yeah. make sure what you're doing is sustainable. Make sure that that you know that once you get in, you can still do it because obviously we get renewed every year, right? So if you yep. do a thousand things to get in and then 
you're tired to do them again, then you're not going to be an MVP for too long. So, you know, just, just, just show that you care, show that you're passionate. Agreed. Yeah, definitely. It's that passion and, and sharing the passion is, uh, yeah, that's correct. What our MVPs are all about. Plural site. You're a plural site author. How many courses have you done? I've done six courses, uh, plus one update. So I, I updated my, uh, my Git for Visual Studio developers. I updated it after, uh, about a year or, or so. So six and a half, I guess. Uh, I'm working on a seventh one right now. I'm working on a course on TFS 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, this is my, uh, I've been doing them for, it's going to be two years, uh, in, um, in March is going to be my second year, second full year doing them. How hard, I've, I've watched a lot of Pluralsight. That's one of the benefits we have as an MVP. We get a subscription to it. And I love that's probably beyond, uh, along with the MSDN subscription, that Pluralsight subscription is awesome. Um, I've watched a lot of them. How hard is it to do those? They are, to do um, a course. yeah, so they're very time consuming. You know, it's uh, mm-hmm. uh, doing the editing yourself. And, and the hardest part of the beginning for me was just talking to yourself, being <laughs> up at midnight, you know, got to wait for the whole house to be completely quiet. <laughs> and then talking for half an hour or talking for whatever, 10, 15 minutes, and then listening to yourself and listening all your ums and all your, you know, lip smacking and whatever things you do when you speak and just being very aware of those things. That is, uh, pretty uh difficult to do and just learning about you know breathing and things like that right make sure that people right. don't hear like you're you know just hyperventilating while you're talking um <laughs> but uh so yeah they, they are they're not easy to do it's not like you can just sit down one afternoon and crank one one course out right so they, they do take some time the couple two usually i i budget two three months to do them and it's about 100 hours or so of work and you have to budget the how much time are you going to spend creating the material? How much time are you going to create recording, editing, re-recording because something just didn't come out right? Uh, similar to what happened when, at the beginning of, of the of this uh, um, of this show. Oops, I forgot to hit the record button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's just no. so many things that that sometimes uh, can go wrong, but uh, uh-huh. you know, but, but it's, re- it's really rewarding once you complete a module and you re- listen back to it and it's like, okay, that that sounded great, and you can continue. So so it's it's difficult to do, but once you get in the in the sort of the groove of it, then it uh, becomes easier and easier as you go. My, my first course, if when I li- go back and listen to it. I just, uh, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that I sounded like that. You know, it's, the, <laughs> and you know, you, you start getting that, that, the plural slight voice as you, as you start speaking and you start making less mistakes or you just, you know, whenever you're able to go through it, like a 10 minute take without making any mistakes, it's like, yes, an awesome feeling, you know? So yeah, it's, it's, it's tough, but, um, but it's, it, it, they're fun to do. I mean, I wouldn't be doing them if, if they weren't fun. Uh- I don't know if you can share this as as a plural site author. Do you like get money or or, or how does that or is it just yeah the, yeah I can, I can share this. I mean they they have it on their website. They they they, okay. they have a uh, pretty much a profit sharing model. So uh, you you're able to work that out with with your with them. But yes, uh, depending on on um, on how your courses do, you're gonna get uh, royalties throughout throughout the, the lifetime of of the course. Awesome. And, and I have to ask, you know, if you don't want to share, that's fine. But how are your courses doing? Uh, enough to buy uh, six packs of beer, an Xbox, a new car? Um, not a new car every year, but, you know, <laughs> uh, I, I, I think that I'll be able to buy a couple of Xbox games for my son this, this uh, Christmas. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So uh, also a favorite topic of ours here at Radio TFS, the ALM Rangers. You are an ALM Ranger? Yes, I've been an ALM Ranger for, I think, since about 2011 or so. So I, I was an ALM Ranger before I was an MVP. 
Um, so some of the work as a ranger, I think, helped me become an MVP later. What kind of stuff have you done as a ranger? Um, I've done some projects around uh, unit. I did a unit test in add-in for Visual Studio. Remember back in 2013, VS 2013, where, where the right-click to create unit <laughs> tests was removed? So right. I worked on an add-in to be able to bring that back. Uh, so I did some work on the branching guidance. Uh, so I helped... Um, Review some of that. Um, Git guidance, the original Git guidance uh, that we were working on, I worked on that. Uh, mobile testing, that was a fun one, uh, using uh, Perfecto Mobile to do mobile testing. And then uh, uh, earlier this year, I worked uh, with uh, Chuck Sterling on some of the DevOps projects that, that we had going on. So a bit, a bit, a bit of everything. There's always some uh, something interesting to jump on and, and help out with. I have to ask about Git. Um, if you've, you've listened to the show, you know I've got this, uh, you know, I've, been TFVC for forever, and I'm just starting to try to get Git. How how hard is it for a TFVC, uh, a Team Foundation Version Control kind of guy who's just used to that? Yeah. So to grok Git. Yeah. So I was a TFVC guy for forever, right? I mean, ever since TFS 2005, I've been on TFS, and TFVC mm-hmm. was the way to go, right? Um, right. One day, I just started trying out Git and looked at it. But even before I started diving in, I, I, first I didn't get it. I didn't get the fact that I had to jump to the command line. I like my IDE. I don't like to jump to the <laughs> command line, right? I, I, I develop on Visual Studio because it's awesome, right? The moment right. you tell me, oh, wait, before you can do a commit, you have to jump to command line. That's where I draw the line, right? So <laughs> I wasn't a big fan of it. <laughs> so then I started looking, okay, well, how can I accomplish what they're doing but within the IDE? So then I started bringing in whatever tools were available um, and then, uh, you know, different add-ins and things like that. And then when you know, when 2012, late 2012 and then 2013 uh, added some support for Git, that, that's where I really started getting into using Git because now I had everything in my in my tooling. But uh, it, it is it is difficult to get started. What I tell people is don't don't spend an hour talking to one of those you know Git people that tell you you have to do everything to command line. If you're not doing command line, you're doing it wrong because automatically as a typical TFVC user, you're going to say, no, I don't want to do command line. So figure out the things that you need to get done. What, what do we use version control for? We want to quote unquote check in code, right? So you want to commit your code to version control. You want to be able to get latest. You want to be able to share your code to the, to, with the rest of uh, your team and you want to be able to resolve any conflicts. I mean, that's really, there might be a few other things, but those are the m- most important things. So how do we do those things? Forget about all the other things that you can do with Git. Yes, you can do many, many other things. Let's focus on those basic things. So get getting the uh, that workflow of a repeatable do, repeat, repeatedly doing those things and get comfortable with the tool. Once you get good at that, then move on to the next thing. What I tell people is what I like about Git, what I really love about Git. So I, again, I, I used to be a TFVC guy. Now I, I I am a Git guy. That's that's all I do. I mean, uh, watch my Pluralsight course on Git for uh, uh, for Visual Studio developers because that one does give you as a Visual Studio developer how a, a good way to get into Git. But um, what I tell people that what Git gives me is that workflow that I was really um, wishing I'd had. Right. So if I'm a, a TFVC or a TFVC or SVN or, or VSS, right? If, if you're a centralized repository person, if you want to uh, get to a point where your code looks good, but you're not ready to check in, now you have to make a decision. Okay, do I check in and possibly break the build or do I just keep going, right? Yeah, you could do shelving, but you know, that's, that's uh, you know, 
you could do shelving. Yeah. So, uh, so okay, I decide, okay, I want to keep going because I don't want to break the build. And you keep going. And then an hour or two hours later, you realize that you made the wrong turn half an hour ago. And getting back to that point, you, 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 you got to pray that the control Z gods are with you and you can go back to where you were. Or you're just, okay, get back to doing everything again. So what Git gives me is the ability to do this multiple check-ins locally. No one even sees that code. If I decide that I'm ready to push, I push my code. And at that point, I can decide, hey, I want everyone to see all the commits that I did, or I want everyone to think that I was a genius and I got it right in the first time. I can squash my commits into one and get it into into uh, into the, the the server, right? So the the workflow that it gives me as a developer is is super, super strong. You know, if someone tells you, oh, yeah, with Git, you're able to work from wherever you want because you're disconnected, yeah, that's great, but <laughs> we're never disconnected anymore, right? You can always find a Starbucks. I don't code for the from the beach, so it's not like I need to <laughs> To be disconnected there so um that that developer workflow is really strong for me i i, I really appreciate that that uh that workflow yes so your uh, git from visual studio developers pluralsight course it was done it's it's a couple of years old you say you're updating it now i, I updated uh just a year ago i i, I submitted an update so it's got an okay. up, it's got an update with the um with the functionality that was released in 2013 and, and later there was uh, some updates to, to the way we did git so git right. the, the original um the original course was done with TFS 2013 RTM, and then the update was with TFS 2013, I think update three maybe, where they added a lot of the uh, pull requests and uh, a lot of the, the um, additional Git functionality. So that's why they did the update. There were just additional things that were there. And if I am in 2015, BS 2015 a lot, is your course still I – mean, this is totally about just for me. I don't care <laughs> about you listeners out there. This is for me. Um, is it still applicable? Still good? Everything's yeah. The the, works, the, the UI has some changes, but not drastic mm-hmm. uh, drastic changes. So um, yeah, all the all the functionality uh, works about the same. Uh, you do get some better ways to view your branches and things like that, but uh, for the most part, it's going to be the same uh, the same workflow. Awesome, cool. Putting that to the top of my playlist. And for listeners out there, um, if you don't have Pluralsight, you can get a thirty day free trial. So uh, I'll have both this course as well as Esteban's, all his courses, his author link for Pluralsight in the show notes. If you haven't done Pluralsight, go look at it. I'm not selling it. They're, they're not a sponsor or anything else. Uh, the amount of information out there is awesome. Um, these guys are doing it. It's Yes, they're profit sharing. But still, you heard <laughs> – I kind of doubt that the money that they're making – or the money that you made equals, you know, the number of hours that you put into it, you know, blood, sweat, and tears uh, into these courses. Um, so it is really a labor of love with just a little kicker on the side. So, 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 it's, I'm replacing um with so now. Uh, first of all, well, secondly, first of all, secondly, plural site. Yeah, you, so you have to listen to yourself. You have to edit your stuff. Uh, I don't know if I can do that. Yeah. So my <laughs> my first uh, four <laughs> courses, I did everything myself. And the last couple of courses, uh, my wife actually said, "Hey, instead of you spending time editing courses, how about I edit your course, and then you can just keep creating material. You know, from from a you know." Time that we'll be able to spend together by you not doing that—that's going to be so much better, right? So, uh, she's so awesome. yeah. So my wife actually edited my last two courses, and it's it's great because sometimes I'll come home from work and she'll be like, "Hey, that that uh, video that I edited today was horrible. You go 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 and redo it." <laughs> So thanks, honey. <laughs> so she's brutally honest with me, but she's also uh, very, you know, she's been very helpful because it does shave about 40% of the time that it takes me to, to do the work. So now we are, you know, sort of working together on it and then we're able to get a lot more things uh, out, out the door that way. That's awesome. Yeah. 
I could put that on my notes, see if I could talk my wife into it. <laughs> yeah. um, looking at your blog, it looks like you do a lot of user groups and, and presentations. Yeah. Um, what's that like, standing up there in front of a crowd of strangers, of people you don't know? Yeah, so nowadays it's not so bad. Uh, when I first uh -huh. did it, I was terrified. I'm, I'm very, very shy by uh, just naturally shy. That's just who I am. But I, about, I don't know, maybe six, seven, eight years ago, I decided, hey, I want to get up in front of those people because I think I can do it as well or better than the guy that just got up and talked in front of me. So it's like uh, I, I feel like everyone has something to share. So uh, I got up. I was scared. Um, I think maybe I had like 10 people and I was like sweating bullets by the end of the day. And now <laughs> you're able to just uh, do more and more, uh, get in front of more and more people. And, you know, it just becomes one of those things where the more you do it, the the, the easier it gets. Do you have any funny stories from your presentations? Well, just just one of those, uh, you know, cutting it really close where, you know, I, I do a lot of TFS or ALM talks. And for the most part, I use the Brian Keller VM and uh, mm -hmm. I've had everything working perfectly. And then all of a sudden my, my laptop uh, rebooting or blue screening. And then when I come back up, the VM is corrupted. So now trying to restart from a backup or trying to, you know, with half an hour to go creating the VM quickly so I can go back there again. Um, you know, people taking over the talk sometimes, you know, people ask you questions with, you know, almost like trying to show that they know more than you do type thing. So sometimes those, right. are, those are fun just trying to manage those. But, you know, thankfully I haven't run into too many crazy bad stories or anything like that. What uh, hints do you have for people like me who need to get out or want to, but again, don't have necessarily the, aren't brave enough to do it? Well, try uh, in small groups. Uh, I know like at my user group, we do this lightning talk night. So once or twice a year, instead of doing a one and a half hour talk with a single person, we'll invite three or four people to come out and do 15, 20 minute talks, you know, so a lot more manageable to do. Um, one thing that I tell people, if you're going to do your first talk, I suggest that you do it at a code camp, for example, rather than speaking at a user group. And the reason for that is that people that go to user group, they all came that night for you. And if you're horrible, you just ruined their <laughs> night. <laughs> if you go to a code camp, they they went to code camp to listen to you and 20 other people or, or however many people. So if they don't like to talk, they can get up and go next door and you didn't ruin anyone's day. So that that's, that's, but that's more for a, as a way for you to reduce the, the 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 um, the stress of you giving that talk, right? I mean, both both ways you're gonna have as much stress, and gonna, people are gonna get uh, a lot of, out of your talk. But uh, you know, psychologically, I tell myself that uh, code camps are easier for me to talk at that, than a user group meeting. <laughs> that's great advice. I don't know if I've I don't know if I've heard that before. <laughs> that's um, last show we talked about a um, webcast that you've been working on. You were involved in VSO sprints. Are you? In this all the time, or were you just on that one episode? I was just in the one episode. I was I was a, a guest on that show. Uh, those guys have done a, a really good job at, at creating that that, that uh, YouTube show, I guess. And uh, no, so I, I was just invited to that one. Hopefully, I be, uh, hopefully I did well enough to be invited again. But yeah, <laughs> definitely, uh, it's their show, and they do it in, in two languages, right? They do it in Portuguese and they do an English mm -hmm. version. So it's really interesting. <laughs> so what's new and upcoming? What what what, what do you've got? Um... On the stove, what's cooking? Something's going on. Uh, I mentioned my TFS 2015 Pluralsight course that I'm working on. So that should be out probably around February, March timeframe. Um, I also want to go back and do some additional VSTS build uh, course. So I did an intro to VSTS build or VSO build back then. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I want to go back and do just a more in-depth course on, on VSTS build. So that might be something that I'll look at in the future. Um, Orlando Code Camp, uh, you mentioned earlier, I run the Orlando.net user group. So every year we put together a, a Code Camp event. Last year we had about 650 people. So we are organizing that right now and we are doing that April 2nd. So it takes about uh, four or five months to prepare for the event. So working on that right now. Um, and just putting together a couple of uh, talks for some uh, code camps down here in Florida, South Florida code camp coming up. Um, big thing for my company that we're, we're going to be doing in 2016 is we're working on some DevOps related web content for 2016. We might be looking at doing some webinars or, or just having some, some uh, web content that people can go and check out around DevOps and VSTS and Azure. So a few things like that. Great. And we'll have links. I'm going to make sure I have links in the show notes for those things. Um, well, I think we're getting, I think that's about a show, man. Awesome. Um, what's the best way beyond uh, for people to connect with you? It's, you have your blog, www.almguide.com, your uh, Twitter uh, yeah, those profile Esteban F Garcia. Yeah, those are my the main main two things to uh, two ways to contact me. You can also check out my company's website, uh, nebiatech.com. and uh, you know that if you there's always a way to find me through one of those ways. So that's uh, that's where I'm pretty active on. So definitely, if uh, anyone has any questions or they want to contact me, uh, you know, just shoot me a mes- message through tw- Twitter, and then we can get the conversation going. Nebia, what does that mean? What- uh, so it, uh, so when I started the company, I thought I wanted to start a cloud-based company, and Nebia means fog in Italian. Uh, so okay. last summer, so right before I started my company, uh, my wife and my family and I were traveling in Italy, and I rented a car. And as I'm driving down the road, there was a sign on the side of the road that in Italian said, careful, fog on the road in Nebbia. So I told my wife to write it down. And I thought that's what it meant, but uh, very <laughs> verified that that's what it meant once we got to the hotel. And I was like, oh, that's that's a cool name. Let's uh-huh. uh, And added it to the list of 10 names that I had been thinking about. And, you know, after a few days, it stuck. And I decided that that would be the company name. Nice. Yeah. By the way, if you ever go to Italy, don't drive too much because I've received four different tickets from them because apparently wow. I um, – uh, yeah, they have cameras all over, and I drove in places that I wasn't supposed to. So, <laughs> so that was fine. <laughs> so you didn't even. So they were like auto tickets. You just got them in the mail. Yes, correct. I got a, I got an oh. email from Hertz telling me that I got a ticket, and and so they charged me, and then 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 Italy charged me too. So hey, but I got a company wow. name out of it. So it's. <laughs> Well, uh, Mr. Garcia, I really appreciate you being on the show. This was a, this was a great show. I know our listeners are going to love it. Uh, I really appreciate you making the time. Oh, I really appreciate you having me on. It's uh, really an honor and, and uh, look forward to listening to this and uh, other shows in the future. Great. Well, thank you. And if you guys want to contact us, it's Radio TFS at Outlook.com, at Radio TFS on Twitter. Facebook, Radio TFS, and a voicemail. And our voicemail number works. I called it and left myself a message. If you guys call 1-425-233-8379, and the number will be in the show notes, uh, leave us a message. And we're not getting many messages, so you have a very good likelihood. You want to hear yourself on the air? Do you want to be kind of like a, a, a host, a guest host? Give us your message. Um, make it clean, obviously, if we're going to put it on the air, but, um, call us. It's free, hopefully for you, you know, most, most everybody has, you know, unlimited calling nowadays. Give us a message, give us your message, uh, give us your, um, send us a message, give us a question, comments, feedbacks, criticisms, constructive criticisms, let us know. Otherwise we are done for the year. 
Um, we will be back hopefully on uh, January, early January. It looks like we'll be recording on the 7th, releasing it on the 8th of January. I want everybody, you guys all have an awesome Christmas, a happy new year, but more importantly, be safe, be safe, be safe. And thank you for listening.